Hello, and a warm welcome to my Asthma Spotlight podcast. I'm Dr. Mark Levy. I'm a family doctor with a special interest in asthma. My aim is to help people with asthma and also their caregivers to understand more about this disease and how to stay safe. I will share lots of information about asthma. However, I will not be able to answer any personal medical questions for which you should really consult your own doctor. The opinions I express in the Asthma Spotlight podcast are my own and they are not intended as and shall not be understood or construed as medical, health or professional advice of any kind. Please do see the disclaimer details in the podcast description. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The first Tuesday in May every year is World Asthma Day, and this is to raise awareness of asthma worldwide. World Asthma Day is organized by the Global Initiative for Asthma, which is also known as GINA. GINA is an organization that was founded in collaboration with the World Health Organization in 1993. So this is the 30th anniversary of GINA. I'm very proud to be a member of the GINA Board of Directors. GINA produces a guidance document that is updated every year based on evidence for treating asthma and is available as a strategy document that can be used as it is by many countries or countries can adapt the GINA materials to their own guidelines for managing asthma. Today I'm speaking in my own capacity and not on behalf of GINA. The 2023 theme for World Asthma Day is Asthma Care for All. Now this theme was chosen because the burden and most of the deaths due to asthma worldwide are in low and middle income countries. And one of the major problems in those countries being inability of governments to make preventer inhalers available at all or um, at affordable prices for the people with asthma. Now there are also problems with asthma care in developed, richer countries, and so the theme Asthma Care for All is also relevant for high-income countries. I decided to focus on inequality of asthma care today. I've mentioned in the past podcasts that in my view, 
and that of other experts in asthma, the quality of care that you get for your asthma is often down to your personal circumstances and geography. That is where you live. For example, if you live in a country that is determined to improve asthma care, like Finland, for example, then your asthma will be managed at the highest standards in accordance with the best research evidence, no matter who treats you. Similarly, in Brazil, where, for example, their government made inhaled corticosteroid inhalers freely available for people with asthma. This led to reduced hospital admissions and fewer deaths. However, if you live in other low- or middle-income countries where access to care, education and asthma medication is only available in a limited capacity, then you're not going to do as well as someone in a richer country. Having said that, quality of asthma care is not only related to how rich your country is, and I'll give some examples of that. The care you get depends on a number of different things, and this includes the quality of training in asthma that your own doctor or nurse has had, in addition, availability of asthma preventer medication, access to high-quality education, which is appropriate for your or your child's ability to understand this, also social deprivation and exposure to pollution will determine how well controlled your asthma is. Other factors related to the quality of your asthma control include your ethnicity and the priority that your country or local health providers place on asthma. As a result, many asthma experts say that the kind of asthma care you get is the luck of the draw. It's a kind of postcode lottery. So today, I'm going to focus on some of the inequalities in asthma care that might be affecting you. Hopefully, any healthcare managers listening to this podcast will think more carefully about reducing inequality of asthma care in their locality or in their country by ensuring better targeted access to care according to the inequalities that I'm going to be focusing on. In other words, asthma care is not something that is the same for everybody. That is, it's not a system where one approach is good for everyone. Or in other words, it's not one size fits all. The three topics that I'm focusing on today are lack of access to quality asthma care, social deprivation, and exposure to air pollution. All three of these factors are connected and related to each other, with social deprivation being one of the most important factors bringing them all together. So starting with the quality of asthma care, And this clearly starts with accurate diagnosis and then goes on to include ongoing care to reduce the inflammation due to asthma with preventer medication. Also, appropriate education and emergency care for your asthma is important. The worrying thing is that there's lots of variation in the numbers of people diagnosed with asthma worldwide, with variation ranging from 1 in 20 people in one country to 1 in 5 in some countries. 
and there are also marked differences within different areas of the same country, or even within small areas within neighbourhoods. For example, in the area where I work in North London, in people cared for by 28 different general practices, the numbers of children diagnosed with asthma range from 1 in 100 to 19 in 100. And much of this variation, or inequality really, worldwide, has to do with socio-economic conditions where people in deprived areas tend to be underdiagnosed and who tend to rely on emergency facilities for their asthma care. The problem being, of course, that if you have symptoms suggestive of asthma and your asthma is not diagnosed, you will not be treated properly for this disease and you won't be invited for routine checkups or asthma reviews. The wide differences in the numbers of people diagnosed from one place to another are mainly due to lack of access to properly trained doctors and nurses, and also lack of availability of lung function tests, including spirometry and peak flow. Now, this is a huge problem in poorer countries. However, that's not the only reason. For example, in the United Kingdom, where medical care is free at the point of contact with the doctor in the National Health Service, and medication is widely available and free for children and elder adults, there are currently about half a million children in England who have been prescribed asthma inhalers with no diagnosis of asthma recorded in their medical notes. Another factor relating, uh, leading to low numbers of diagnosed people with asthma is in some countries and populations there's a reluctance to see or to believe doctors because of social taboos or parental beliefs related to having a diagnosis of asthma. Also, sadly, unlike what happens in Finland, many health services have neglected asthma as part of their plans for provision of care. And it's only recently that there's more focus on asthma in the United Kingdom. However, in this country, like many others, a lot of asthma care in general practice is delegated to people who have no training in asthma care, and particularly no training in paediatric asthma care. In the United Kingdom National Review of Asthma Deaths, only 29% of those people who died from asthma had adequate asthma care in the opinion of the panel of experts in asthma who assessed these deaths. In addition, those people who died from asthma, who'd had an asthma checkup or review, just under half of the reviews that were done were done by nurses who did not have any previous training in asthma care. In addition to education and training of doctors in asthma care, it's very important that levels of education amongst parents and patients is taken into account when teaching people about their asthma. So if you've not understood what your doctor has said about your medication or how you can tell when your asthma is going out of control, don't be afraid to ask for more explanation. The most important factor related to asthma care and poor outcomes 
is the availability of inhaled corticosteroid preventer medication and the knowledge of doctors, particularly general practitioners and general physicians and paediatricians, that these drugs are the ones that help people to control their asthma and to prevent attacks. Availability and prescription of these preventer inhalers is one of the major factors related to inequality of asthma care, and this is problematical in low- and middle-income countries where costs of these drugs are prohibitive. However, as I said, even in richer countries, lack of medical expertise and knowledge results in low prescription rates of these drugs, which are widely available. Another important factor is the availability and access to specialist asthma doctors, both for adults and for children. One research study in Scandinavia found that people with lower socioeconomic status are less likely to be referred to specialists. Another study in the United Kingdom found that only 1 in 20 people with severe asthma are referred to see specialists. Now in the UK and other countries, there's a lack of trained asthma specialists for children. And this is a major reason contributing to inequality of care between children and adults because many of the resources are disproportionately focused on adult care. I have mentioned the high numbers of children treated with inhalers without a diagnosis in England. However, another example exists in uh, China, for example, where about a third of children with asthma are not diagnosed, and in those that are diagnosed, about 20%, that's one in five, have got severe asthma. The next major reason for inequalities in asthma care relates to social deprivation. Now there's lots of research evidence that social deprivation is linked to poor asthma outcomes. And these include more severe asthma, more attacks due to asthma, more hospitalizations, and more deaths due to asthma. Now, low income is not a cause of asthma. However, low income is linked to poor asthma outcomes, such as severe asthma and increased need for treatment for asthma attacks. Poverty is linked with the inability to afford medication in those healthcare systems where people have to pay for medical care. This is a particular problem in low- and middle-income countries. For example, in South Africa, where the cost of one month's inhaled preventer medication is equivalent to 17 days of income from work. Sadly, this problem is high in wealthy countries where medication is not free for poor people, a problem that is increased at this time, for example, in the United Kingdom due to high levels of inflation, where people are having to choose between feeding their families heating their homes and paying for medication, sometimes resulting in parents going without to protect their children. In India, according to research, people with lower socioeconomic status have worse health and worse health outcomes. Poverty is often associated with poor housing, 
with high levels of mold, which has been implicated in poor asthma outcomes, even in a case of asthma death in the United Kingdom recently. Poverty is also associated with poor access to educational opportunities and exposure to increased pollution. Furthermore, childhood poverty is also associated with poor access to good quality health care and poor health in childhood, including increased numbers of children who get lung infections like pneumonia and in some countries tuberculosis in childhood. These infections can damage the lungs and make the person less able to cope. Low socioeconomic status is also often associated with low levels of education, which limits the ability of people to understand health education and health information, like, for example, asthma self-management plans. Another factor, obesity, is one of the factors related to poor asthma outcomes, and it's also a problem in families with limited incomes, where cheaper foods are associated with high fat levels and greater numbers of obese people. There's also evidence in some research studies that ethnicity leads to inequalities of asthma care. Now, while this is often related to poor socioeconomic conditions, however, this is not always the case. For example, in London, Asian children, often from high-income families who have asthma, are overrepresented in the numbers of children admitted to hospital. In other words, in relation to the total population, proportionately more Asian than white children are admitted to hospital with asthma. Now, in a research study that I was involved with a number of years ago, we analysed a number of large research studies on ethnicity and asthma in children and young people comparing black, Asian and white people with asthma. We found that more white children compared with black children were diagnosed with asthma. However, more black children were admitted to hospital with asthma, despite the fact that overall fewer black children are diagnosed with asthma. It isn't clear why these ethnicity differences exist. However, these inequalities related to poor socioeconomic and ethnicity factors could be better dealt with by healthcare managers who could take these sorts of inequalities into account when allocating resources for asthma care. So it's not just one size fits all. There are clear inequalities which with better allocation of resources could be reduced by specifically targeting these communities with more help and more understanding and managing their asthma. The third inequality in asthma care that I'm going to talk about relates to pollution, both indoor pollution and outdoor pollution. Pollution due to smoking, including vaping, is a problem for people with asthma. Smoking is more common in low-income families, and for children this is a particular problem because children exposed to parental cigarette smoke are more likely to develop asthma than those whose parents do not smoke. So parents who smoke can cause asthma in their children. Furthermore, 
people who smoke and who have asthma do worse and are at greater risk of having severe attacks and dying from asthma. There are two reasons for this. One is because the damage that smoking does to lungs, and the other is because asthma preventer medication does not work well in people who smoke. Somehow, the effect of smoking reduces the ability of preventer drugs to work on the lungs. Exposure to pollution due to cars and other vehicles is another cause of concern for people with asthma. Living in highly polluted areas is also associated with poverty. While this type of pollution from motor vehicles does not cause asthma as far as we know, it certainly does make asthma worse. Recently in London, a coroner concluded for the first time ever that air pollution was a direct cause of the death of a nine-year-old child from asthma. This family lived near a major road in London and the child had all but one of her hospital admissions for asthma attacks on days when the pollution levels around her house were above safe levels for people. In low and middle income countries, use of biomass fuels for cooking and heating indoors are linked to poor asthma outcomes. So, I've discussed some of the inequalities related to the quality of asthma care, including socio-economic status and pollution in some detail. There are other factors related to inequality of asthma care, and these include the association between poor mental health and asthma, where the asthma outcomes are worse, also poor communication and lack of a joined-up approach between primary and secondary care, with poor levels of communication between general practice, secondary care, social care and schools, are examples of other causes of inequalities in asthma care and the so-called postcode lottery, depending on where you live. So there's lots of work for healthcare planners and managers to try and reduce some of these inequalities that exist in relation to asthma care. And this is both in low and middle income countries and also in all other countries worldwide. So in summary, the key messages from today's podcast are asthma care is not a one-size-fits-all approach. There are a number of glaring inequalities in the care of people with asthma, and these include a lack of diagnosis and a lack of equipment for diagnosis, a lack of trained healthcare professionals and specialists in asthma, and poor access in many countries to inhaled corticosteroid preventer medication. Next, there are clear inequalities and links between poor socioeconomic status, poverty, and access to good quality asthma care and education. There are also inequalities related to exposure to indoor and outdoor pollution, which can both cause asthma, in the case of parents who smoke during and after pregnancy, and also which could aggravate or worsen asthma symptoms. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... 
HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Thank you for listening to my podcast. If you found this helpful, and I hope you did, please click the like and the follow buttons and share this podcast. Please do send me any feedback or questions to my email address, asthmaspotlight at gmail.com, and I'll do my best to answer these in future episodes.